Hello everyone and welcome to the Force Feedback Show, the new home for uh, motorsport content, opinions, discussions, guests and more. We are here for the first episode. Uh, I want to welcome my colleague Matthew, for who will be, should be joining me for every single episode if you're not uh, busy with other commitments, but uh, welcome mate. It's going to be interesting to, 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 we're going to have some interesting opinions I'm sure and some interesting discussions on here. Yeah, thank you, Josh. Uh, so I'll say hello. I don't do a lot outside of anything. This is going to be fun. I can already tell. Well, uh, we, we, we've had a, a lot of uh, stuff involving motorsport in the past few days. I mean, uh, well, not in the past few days, just in the past two months, actually. Um, we started off with uh, Formula E have got their uh, their season going. Uh, the World Rally Championships got their season going. Uh, and obviously NASCAR, uh, as you can see in the title, has already got their season going with Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. Uh, so a lot of motorsports already going in early February. And um, Matt, you'll note that uh, a lot of the open wheel stuff actually doesn't start till March. Yeah. Uh, there have been signs of uh, Red Bull, Haas and Mercedes all testing their cars. Although the Merc livery is not released yet, which is quite interesting. When are they? When are they meant to do the delivery? Isn't like what a, f- a few the days? 15th, or, no, a few days away. Fifteenth, sixteenth, as far as I'm aware of. For me, anyway. It's, well, it's, it's almost a week. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I wouldn't expect it to be any different than it already is. Um, they've got a lot of sponsorship um, that they that they probably won't won't lose. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I I think Mercedes have got a similar delivery to what they've they've had for the past few years obviously they've changed it back to silver last year which is good good to see i'm i've i've been kind of sick of having the the black mercedes for the past two years and that's uh not racist at all uh that's more of a just more of a personal opinion that it's just not as as interesting as the as the silver mercedes um i guess the silver mercedes just stands out more um compared to, to the black one yeah, I guess you could say that. I think the Mercedes that was black in 2020 and 2021 was quite a nice as a couple of seasons just to shake things up a little bit. But yeah, the silver one stands, up, stands out a lot more compared to the generally darkened track of uh, Formula One nowadays. Well, you did mention Red Bull there as well. They've had the same livery yeah. now for the past, what is it, almost, almost, oh, I'd say... But 2023 now, so I'd say, I'm trying to think, math, seven seasons. In the same livery for seven years. Um, it's 2016, they've had the same, same livery. You know, this time they've actually pretty much changed nothing. Like, generally, you you'd, over the past few seasons, you would see small sponsor changes, title sponsors, you know, like a few things in the design, and this time it's just the exact same as last year. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to quote many wise men in the past, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And we could say the same about Mercedes. The only reason we're not complaining is because we had the black labor in 2020 and 2021. And I feel, yeah, while there's little changes, there's not really been any changes, you could argue, since 2010 now. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I mean, they've just changed the color hint, I guess. Um yeah. Now, another thing I, I wanted to, to talk about is, is Formula E, has, or as I mentioned before, has already started their season. So there, there's been a lot of 
I guess, intrigue into these new Gen 3 cars that they've put out and um, what they're going to do. They've, they've reportedly meant to be faster, and I saw an article from the race uh, saying that they're actually slower <laughs> than Gen 2. Um, so, I don't know what's going on there, but like, you know, they've had a... They've had a, an interesting season already. I mean, you've got um, Jake Dennis and Pascal Verlein, the, 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 the guys fighting for the championship. Um, you know, have you got any opinions already for them from those first three races that we've got already? Yeah, I think Pascal's going to do well this year. Obviously, our thoughts with the driver who broke his hand in round one in Mexico. But other than that, I remember my first thoughts of the car back in Goodwood last year. And my first initial reaction was, this looks like a paper aeroplane. I didn't think it would do well. <laughs> and it hasn't. Yep. Yeah, it did. You, you are right. I mean, that's what everyone thinks. People were comparing it to a, a fighter jet and all that kind of thing. So it does, it's a, it's a bit of an odd design. And I mean, I just find it kind of, uh, yeah. It's it's interesting to see that they, they're, I guess it's more, how do I explain, like, the car is a lot better through, I guess, the acceleration side of things, but they may, I guess maybe they just haven't had an opportunity to test it out properly yet, uh, and I guess we'll find that out as the season goes on. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not performed to expectations. It's done actually some decent racing. Um, it's, it's, I guess it's just more of a Gen 2 evolution rather than a, a Gen 3. Gen 3. Um, well, ignore all the voice I tracks feel... in this episode. We'll just we'll, we'll, there's there's been nothing here. You've heard nothing. Um, but yeah, go yeah. on. Sorry, you're gonna say something. Uh, I feel the Gen Three cars more relation to the Gen One car in aspects that it's better in a straight line, but a lot worse downforce wise. It's very aerodynamic, very triangular. Which, yeah, if you're gonna cut through it, it works for fire jets. Why not use it for race cars? I mean. Same principle has been applied to F1 in the early 90s with the sharp noses on the 96 Ferrari, notably, and a lot of our Ferraris for the time, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I, mean, I think one thing we need to talk about, and I, 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 do, I know I did put it in the title, is Porsche is absolutely on a roll. Like, the Porsche powertrain is ridiculous. Like, they've won the th- every, three out of three races now. And they finished second in all, in both of them as well. So one two for Porsche every single race, um, and that's like it's interesting to compare the other two teammates though. It's been Jake Dennis and Pascal Verlein that have been on the podium one two for every single race so far, and then you compare the teammates of of Dennis and Verlein, De Costa and Lotterer, both of which who have been absolutely nowhere. Like I mean, Lotterer's done a pretty decent job. Like he's. Um, he was fourth in Mexico, ninth in Daria one, and then thirteenth in Daria two. And then Da Costa has just been like ninth, and then uh, I think it's like out of the points. But he's only been ninth once, and that's it. Like there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of shuffle around with some of the drivers. Like Jaguar were god awful in the first first Mexico City race, and they rebounded in Daria. Like it's. I don't really get what's going on. I guess it might just be drivers adapting to the car or um, certain problems with you know, eye warm-up. I'm not sure. I don't get it. Like, Porsche's been supreme, and then you compare the teammates, and it's just like, well, they haven't. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're right there. It is 
<coughs> sorry, is entirely uh, adaptations of the cars. With new generations comes new opportunities, new possibilities. In a lot of Gen 2, we had absolute Mercedes domination, uh, just like Formula 1 back then. So, yeah, it's just, it comes down to adaptation, I mean, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, Gen 2 was actually probably more of a Tachita and Mercedes era, I guess. Because what, what, first Gen 3, Gen 2 era was 2018-19, pretty sure, and that was one for Vern. Yeah. Then 2020 was De Costa, then it was De Vries, and then Van Dorn. I feel like, the, I, I, I don't know if I'm missing anyone, I don't think so. Um, but those are the four um, champions that I do remember go. from Gen 2. Um, so it's more of a Cheetah and Mercedes show, and Cheetah's obviously out of Formula E now because they lost DS. Um, they didn't really have the funds to keep going after that. I assume that's the reason behind it. So I guess things just turn on their head <laughs> after uh, after a season. Jake Hughes has been ridiculously good. Like for a rookie, everyone's like, I've never expected Jake Hughes to be as good as he is. Like he is. Blowing expectations out of the water. Um, I, he does drop like through the field and, and towards the end of the races. Uh, I noticed that specifically in the second area and the first Mexico race. Um, he does happen to, to drop back a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm assuming that's re- energy related. It's just the McLarens using a lot of energy through the races. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I just feel like the Porsches have just found something. That no one else has, and it's been more effective with Verline and Dennis than it has with Lotter and DaCosta. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Porsche, now long time runners in Formula E, pretty much been through all of Gen 2, as far as I'm aware, and now absolutely smashing the new regulation changes. It's a bit similar to Ferrari, but it's very early on in the season. So we don't know if this is going to last and someone else is going to make a comeback. The only reason there's not a lot of chance for Mercedes is because they're not in Formula E anymore. It comes down to them, I think, selling onto McLaren, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, not to mention our stars of tomorrow, right? I mean, we've got a lot of a lot of guys in F2, F3, F4, and, and all sorts. Um, you know, Notably, F2, we've had uh, Felipe Dragovic win last year's Formula 2 championship. We've won. Um, we've had uh, Piastri won the 2021 championship for F2. Uh, and finally, as you mentioned, as we talked about Nick DeFries before, um, briefly, uh, he's finally making his, his Formula 1 debut. So I guess yeah. um, we've, got a lot of, we've got a lot of people that um, probably could make it to F1 um, and, I guess, from Formula E. But it's it's more of a, a a factor of of how. Yeah, with Formula One, it's a very linear system when it comes to going up the ranks. You sort of have to do F three, have to do F two. One of the big stars in F two, well, two of the big stars in F two right now for me are Oliver Behrman and Zayn Maloney, two graduates from F three, vice champion and third in the championship last year. Had there have been some better luck and less DNF for Zayn Merlin in the start of the season in F3 last year, he would have won the championship easily. Uh, I know this is not the section about junior motorsport, but, you know, I just want to put <laughs> well, that in there. You can go on to that if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to go on to that. 
we're, we're welcome to yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll move on to juniors why not um yeah you did mention but... the title fight in f3 that was between martins bearman uh hadjar and maloney so uh, hadjar yeah. had actually a quite a substantial lead with a few rounds to go and then he just completely lost it yeah he had a very similar thing with like table shaded in the series above sort of really falling off in the later stages of the season just due to bad luck inconsistency and things like that really uh, I do remember he got his win in Silverstone. Can't remember which race it was. <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, Felipe Drago is yeah, so- actually doing incredibly in F2 to fairly warrant an Aston Martin uh, reserve driver role, I think it is now. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, uh, Maloney. I mean, Maloney, yeah, you mentioned... He he's does he how much backing has he got? Because he seems like he's got quite a lot of backing for, uh, and he's from such a such a small country. I guess that's not very yeah. Uh, that's really been in motorsports as as a whole. Yeah, as off the top of my head, I do not know a single Barbadian driver. And as of the end of the twenty twenty three season, about the time of the Red Bull show run in Milton Keynes, just before that, I remember him getting signed to the Red Bull Academy because I'm obviously quite a large. Zayn Maloney fan. I don't know why, I just am. Yeah, so I know quite a fair bit. He's released his new helmet, which is quite nice. He's driving for Carlin F2 this year after having a one-off race in Abu Dhabi, which happens quite frequently towards the end of season F2. And you mentioned Carlin. I mean, they've they've been bought out by road and cars now, haven't they, as well? Um, uh, yeah, they have, move. actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I don't really know who Rodin are or what they do, but I'm sure that money is going to help Carlin significantly. They've got two Rebel back drivers in Zay Maloney and Enzo Fittipaldi for this year. Two very young, talented drivers, although one of them is bold and one of them is actually good. Uh, I don't actually know how good Enzo Fittipaldi is. Well, I should. I really should. Uh, Prima, we didn't see a lot of them last season for a team that's, that's right. often regarded as the best in junior motorsport. We didn't see a lot of them. Which I thought they were in F2. With Deruvula and... I'm trying to think who the, remember who the season uh, was. Last year they were with Deruvula and Isaac Hadjar, the 2021 F3 champion. Uh, no, you meant for... Year, no, for 2022 F2 it was Deruvula and... Who else? And if uh, Hedgehog was uh, Dennis Hauger. Dennis Hauger, I saw him. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Two Rebel Bats. I'm not sure why Darubula. I'm not sure why Darubula continued for as long as he did in F2. I mean, he. he, I just guess. It's just a shame because he wasted a lot of time in F2 when he could have gone and done other things. Like, he's now the Formula E reserve driver for Mahindra. And it's like. You would think he'd he'd move on after two or three seasons, and he didn't he do like four. Yeah, uh, same could be said about Roy Nassani, part of the William Driver Academy. Somehow, I guess that just comes down to money. <coughs> Spending four seasons in Formula Two as of last year, uh, and not really having any notable results other than. The only notable thing he's actually done is have that m- monumental accident with uh, Dennis Hauger and Silverstone for the feature race. 
Yeah, and I guess that, that's that it, it's and we were just going quickly back to Ron Road and Carlin, I guess. Um it, it's 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 going to help Cullen for the for F two and F three, uh, of course. But I guess that guarantees a seat for um, young Louis Sharp, who's doing British F four at the moment. Um, I mean, that pretty much guarantees him a seat for F three once he's ready, right? I mean, <laughs> he's sponsored by Roden, so uh, I mean, he, he's he's with Carlin in F four, British F four, and he's sponsored by Roden. So I I assume that guarantees him a seat for. F two and F three, if he's if he's up to that level. Yeah, that looks to be a pretty set move, but I'm not too sure how well he's done. I don't actually know. As someone who probably should watch F four, I the only one I really haven't watched is the one from my own country, which is a bit embarrassing. But you know, now <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe keep an eye on it this season uh, because yeah, we did have some sure interesting to. drivers from from last season move up to F three, so we had. Uh, Ollie Gray, uh, he was second in the championship move up to F3. I'm not sure what's, what's happening with Alex Dunn, uh, who was the champion of British F4, and he was pretty much dominant the entire season. Um, uh, something with high we, tech. I think he's either Formula Regional or something. I'm think, not too sure about that. You wouldn't think he's something with high tech. You really Just wouldn't think he's Formula Regional. I mean. Uh, I guess for a guy of Alex Dunn's caliber, you would expect him to be in what, like Formula Three at least. If it, if Ollie Gray's moving into Formula Three, you'd expect him to do the same. Um, I was a bit shocked earlier this year when I found out Kimi Antonelli was going to compete in Formula Regional after winning Italian and ADAC F4 <coughs> after dominating both series. That surprises me a lot, actually. I'm. Like Zay Malone, I'm pretty invested in Kimi Antonelli's career as a driver. So, your first season in race cars, you win Italian and ADAC F4. That's not something that goes uh, awry. Yeah, and I mean, Formula Regional, was that, I'm assuming it's the UAE Championship that was running? Uh, uh, UAE, the uh, F4 yeah. Regional. Uh, it was the Oceanic one as well. Um, yeah, I actually do need to have a look at that. But they've got their final I would watch race of the weekly series, I think. Ah. Be sure to watch that then. But, yeah, I think it's 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 the old Toyota Racing Series, for those who don't know, the Formula Regional Oceanic Championship um, has been rebranded from Toyota Racing Series. Um, and, yeah, I mean... What's wrong this night? <laughs> yes, Castro Toyota Formula Regional Oceanic Championship. It's actually a mouthful, um, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, it's it's, it's yeah. It, we, we've got Charlie Verts in there, um, son of Alexander Verts, former Formula former Formula One driver. Um, I don't really know many of the names in there. Um, Lawrence Van Hopen. I don't, I'm not sure who. There's a, there's a few guys that I haven't heard much of, uh, but I guess it's it's good for them to get their um, it's pre-season running before they head into their main season for the um for whatever series they're doing. Um, so yeah, did you have any other series you wanted to bring up? Uh, I just wanted to bring up the Kuwait Motortown F4 race one round three. Uh, it was very foggy, although from the race five days earlier, which was 
blisteringly hot for all the drivers. Uh, people spin. That's about it, really. Other than Kimi dominating Formula Regional UAE. Kimi Antonelli yeah. will be Kimi Antonelli, and he will probably win everything he competes in this year. He's not holy for that, please. Uh, yes, he is Prima through and through, I think. As as he's, Mercedes, say, yeah. he's a Mercedes Junior driver. Um, the other one, other, yep. other Mercedes Junior driver is Frederick Vesti. No? There, there's only two of them? Yep. Uh, I'm, I think there's two. I'm not sure if there's one in F3 or not, though. I'll have to double check that. I will. Well, we've got an exciting junior series season ahead, I guess, then. Um, a, lot of, a lot of things that will be covered um, in, in this podcast we'll discuss uh, as the season goes on. Uh, but yep. one thing I wanted to talk about next is uh, World Rally Championship. I know you probably don't follow it, uh, but there is a couple of people that do, and uh, I just wanted to speak a little bit about this. This is Rally Sweden Weekend. Um, we did have Rally Monte Carlo that first, that last week of January, close to, I think, uh, and that was won by Sebastian Ogier. Uh, there was no competition from Loeb, so um, Ogier could just absolutely dominate and tie Loeb for the most Monte wins. Uh, so nine apiece for Loeb and Ogier, uh, which is great to hear. Um, Ogier was doing, I mean, he was <laughs> he was absolutely dominant that entire weekend. It was Robin Perra in second and Terry Nerville in third. I mean, is, is WRC a, a common thing for, for the Brits down there? And uh, is that something you guys watch a lot? It's, I'm not sure about others. I know I follow some pretty obscure series when it comes to motor racing. But uh, as far as I'm aware, it's not that popular on this side of the planet. I do follow I it. I know, I know a couple yeah, of drivers, Sebastian Oger and Sebastian Loeb. Definitely common drivers I know around I'm the quite... planet. Yeah, I I like Sebastian Loeb a lot. I love his Ford Puma from last year. I'm not too keen on this year's livery, although not that different. It's just red before you. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it's a great series. I do follow it quite often because I got interested in when I was going to a rally last year. Um, and, I mean, Kelly Robin Perra was absolutely dominant last year. Uh, like... I don't know how many wins he got. I can't be bothered counting anyway, but it was pretty ridiculous. Like, he was really, really good and, and obviously expectedly won the championship. Um, and this year, he's been a little bit more laid back in the first two rounds. Craig Breen is currently leading Rally Sweden as we speak. Uh, this will probably go out maybe the day after we record this. Depends what we, how, we, how we work it. Um, but, yeah, Craig Breen yeah. at, the, at this stage is currently leading Rally, Rally Sweden. He's doing a part-time schedule with uh, Hyundai, so it's, and I'm so happy for him. Uh, the poor lad had a really bad season last last year. Was was you know had a couple of podiums, uh, but just had a lot of uh, incidents, and now is proving why he should be still in a full time seat. Um, you know he's leading Rally Sweden. He's won a couple of stages. He's taken the lead from Oit Tanak, um, one of the probably the most aggressive, I guess, rally drivers if there is aggressive rally drivers, but uh, nonetheless one of the best there is uh, in the field at the moment. Um, we did have a roll by Takamoto Katsuta. I think it was half roll, is what they were saying. Uh, hit the snowbank uh, and and just rolled it. Um, and Alvin Evans had a, had a scare. He 
ran into the snowbank, which slowed him down a little bit, but no problems there. He's still going. Um, yeah, I mean, rally is a very tough sport. I think we we give F1 drivers a lot of credit, but I think we should probably be giving rally drivers a lot more because they, if you put an F1 driver in a rally car, I, I think you wouldn't last, an F1 driver wouldn't last more than, gosh, I, wouldn't, I don't know, more than 10 stages? Well, it depends who you're talking about. Yeah, well, I, when I, you're, I, if I, you're talking about either the flying foot or Valtteri Bottas this season, I can almost Valtteri Bottas and Carl Sainz are the two I'd have the most faith in. Oh yeah, of course. Robert Kubica, obviously well, due but, to Carlos uh, Sainz. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of main group drive. So if we can them, then we got. Yes, yeah, right, actually. Uh, I don't know how good some of the others are. I know that in Finland. I can't remember what it's called, they have this thing, and it just makes them good at every series they're competing. Sort of Mika Hakkinen, and Kimi Raikkonen, and Valtteri Bottas. I don't think there's actually been a Finnish driver that's flopped as badly as some of the other drivers on the grid. <clears throat> the TV. Uh, <laughs> yeah? <laughs> no, I mean, that's true. I mean, I, I guess the, the thing is, with, with um, the Finns, I mean, Alain Rovampira was absolutely dominant last year. He was a Finn as well. Um, I'm trying to think who else, who, who the other Finns are. Isapeka Lappi, he's doing a full season in WRC. Um, I'm trying to think there, it's racking my brain. Uh, no, I can't think of anything. But there's a lot of Nordic drivers are really, really good. Like you, and Andreas Mikkelsen's from Norway. You've got the Finns, obviously. Um, Oliver Solberg, Peter Solberg, uh, famous names in the WRC. Both are from uh, Sweden. Uh, you've got Oit Tanak from Estonia. I mean, there's a lot of range in, in country variants, and um, especially in the Nordic countries, I guess, because that's where every, the, the conditions are more challenging and it makes it a lot easier for them to be able to win um, rallies and, and all sorts. So I guess that's where the top flight of, of drivers come from. Um, but I think... Isn't I it think, also uh, quite popular in France as well? Yeah, that's right. I'm pretty sure there's a, quite a big scene in France. Oh, and OJ, obviously, France the, two, just... the two notables. You know, casually. Uh, <laughs> well, I think, uh, uh, I, I, think... think uh, I think, Matt, it's time to, to move on to the, uh, let's call it the more chaotic topic of the, the podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> The Bush like crash at the Coliseum is what I'd like to call it. Uh, NASCAR Cup Series got going uh, last weekend at the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. Uh, last year's race was pretty dismal. We had pretty much a, a pretty boring race, um, specifically because teams had limited parts and you know, they didn't have the opportunity to do the, the classic short track racing and bump everyone out the way. It's quite a... It's quite a small circuit as well. It's incredible how they've done it, really. It's built in a coliseum. I like, mean... They've it, taken... I had it at Daytona International Speedway, the super speedway of death, basically, um, before that. Um, so it was held on the Oval for ages until 2021 when they put it on the road course, which was pretty boring, to be honest. Uh, and then in 2022, they chucked it on the Bushlight... Uh, they clashed at the Coliseum. There was already Bush that clashed before that. Uh, it was they chucked it on the LA Coliseum, um, which is a bold, bold move. Um, but they made it work this year. Um, I think it was a lot better than it was last year. You know, 
the racing was a hell of a lot better, but the, the, there was a lot of collisions, and I think that's what we probably should start talking about. The first one, as a Denny Hamlin fan, I want to talk about Denny Hamlin being punted by Ross Chastain by, and the third time, for the third time, um, Ross Chastain punted Denny at Gateway last year. Um, then he punted Denny at the Atlanta last year. Um, and then he's punted him again in the new year. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what it is with Ross Chastain and just seeing the number 11. It's just like, I, I mean, I guarantee if you put um, Denny Hamlin in, say, the 24, he'll still do it. I don't, know what, I don't know what it is with Ross and Denny, but um, there is a lot going on with, with, with those guys. It's, a, it's an interesting, I guess, season we've got lined up. The NASCAR. I mean, you've got a lot of drive moves. Ty Gibbs, the Xfinity champ from last season, moving into the Cup Series. Uh, AJ Allmendinger, uh, Cup Series, Xfinity Series veteran, multiple race wins there. Consistently fighting for the championship, moving into the Cup Series. Uh, Noah Gregson, same thing as Dinger, uh, but he's a lot, obviously a lot younger. So a lot of drivers making their way into the Cup Series, um, and obviously going to the Bush Light Clash again. It's it's like, you know, we have a lot of drivers. <laughs> it's 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 hard to word because the Bushlight Clash has been it's an exhibition race, so it's no points, so that's obviously a good thing. But when you look at it on paper, it's it's like what I don't. Uh, it's just classic short track racing. You're gonna have people punted out the way, people spun around. I mean, Eric Almirola, who sat on the pole from the start, shuffled his. He, he got shuffled all the way back to a lap down. I mean, that's just how chaotic that race was, and. I'm not even explaining it fully. Yeah, it seemed to be turn two where a lot of collisions were taking place because it's not really got anything to it. It's just sort of a flat, almost hairpin that you have to get right. Knowing NASCARs have got incredible amounts of understeer because, well, they're bars of soap, <laughs> effectively. Oh. Uh. Yeah, oh, well, buzz the site, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that one in. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's been interesting. Martin Truex Jr. had a very dismal <coughs> season last year. He didn't win a race at all. Um, and he comes back this season and wins the Bushlight Clash. I mean, fingers crossed he can get a win uh, this season. Um, but uh, the Bushlight Clash was, was pretty ridiculous. We had spins and, and everywhere. Like, Eric Jones was the first one to go around. Uh, got a broken right rear toe link for, off the back of Kevin Harvick. Uh, Ty Gibbs almost went up and over, over... I'm trying to remember who it was. I can't remember, but... I mean, uh, I'm going to try and find the field. Hold on. I'm going to try and find the field and name every driver that got wrecked, because it was a lot of them. Um, okay. Clash. Um, Looks like Clash. Right, so... Truex Welcome to a two-hour-long podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Truex was involved um, with Bubba Wallace. He got punted, almost lost the rear end and spun around. So that could have, you know, changed the dramatic course of the race. Dylan got involved in things. Kyle Busch got spun by Joey Logano. Got pretty bad afterwards. Um, he finished third. Uh, but Logano, he, he called Logano two-faced because he was up in the the broadcast booth with, with Logano earlier. Uh, but yeah, a lot going on between the, the Bush and the uh, Bush and Logano. Um, Bowman, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think he was involved as much as anyone else. Larson wasn't involved as much. Reddick wasn't was seeing a couple of moves, like he absolutely um, bent it down the inside on some cars. Priest, oh man, I, I feel so bad for Ryan Priest. 
Uh, he was leading most of the laps of the race and uh, had a fuel pump issue and dropped all the way back. Ah, it's it's so sad just to see that. I mean, Ryan Priest did an absolutely phenomenal job, and um, yeah, it's it's really hard to see him. You know, I, I mean, he's proving that he's right, the right man for the job. That's for sure. Um, he, going out, going uh, replacing Cole Custer, who is consistently twenty fifth, twenty sixth in points uh, in his Cup Series career, um, to a, to a guy who we know can win races, and he's just proved it in the Bush Clash. So. He's a short track racer, Ryan Priest is. Um, I guess, I don't know if you noticed when um, Priest was leading, he just dropped dropped back at some point during the race and, and lost that lead. I don't know if you, you saw that when you were watching. Uh, not something I noticed. I was probably too invested in the stake I was in while watching it. <laughs> well, that, I guess that's fair enough. Uh, Ross Chastain, obviously punting Denny Hamlin, who's a ninth. Uh, Byron, Ailey. Harvick, they're all involved. What I find quite interesting is after the race, um, uh, Harvick ended up punting Byron to show his displeasure, and he ended up spitting Denny Hamlin out at the end of it. Which is, and Denny went over to Byron and w- was like, what the hell are you doing? Um, and Byron obviously communicated that it was Harvick, and, and Denny was, was understanding about that, which is great. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of... Lot of Tempers that flare, and, and Jenny Hamlin mentioned on his podcast, Action Sentimental with Jenny Hamlin, um, that you didn't know who to be, be who to be mad at. Like there was so much, so many incidents that you didn't really know who to be mad at. And I guess that's the defining factor for for the Bush Clash. It's just it's such a difficult race. Is it like one hundred and fifty one laps of what can only be described yeah. as a running track? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, really difficult. Um, but I guess the next NASCAR race we have to look forward to is the Daytona 500. Uh, and I believe we'll be bringing up uh, NASCAR YouTuber Nothing to talk about. It's Nothing to talk about with to, to talk about the Daytona 500 with us. The next episode you'll see uh, from us is going to be the 25th of February. So keep your mark that on your calendars as episode two. Uh, we'll be talking about Daytona 500, the Jewels. Um, obviously, we've got, we got five or six open cars. You've got Jimmy Johnson, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, uh, returning to the sport in a part-time ride. Zane Smith, 2022 NASCAR tr- tr- Truck Series champion um, in a part-time ride with Front Row. You've got uh, Connor Daly, IndyCar driver, running with the Money Team. Um, i trying to remember who else is who's running open cars now. Uh, Chandler Smith. Running in a Corlig open car, um, Travis Pastrana, uh, Rallycross uh, legend, running in 2311's part-time car. So a lot of cool um, stuff going on for the Daytona 500. We'll cover that in depth. Um, but unless there's anything else you wanted to, to talk about, Matt, I think um, we've got a we've got a podcast uh, all complete. The 2023 cars and suits. Ah, Ooh, what's the topic? Yes. I mean, I'm talking about F1. Oh, yeah, well, you don't know me that well. Yeah, of course, I um, I wasn't gonna put a, a FedEx plug in there for for Denny Hamlin. Totally not. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, the, the the cars are looking nice. Have you got a favourite so far? We've only seen four, which is the Haas, Red Bull, uh, Williams. Surprisingly, I'm actually quite a big fan of Williams. I've always liked the Williams. It was I don't know why something about the blue just clicks with me. 
I like the 2021 car when it came out. I'm not embarrassed about that. I like the 2022 car a little bit less when it came out, but warm to it more over the season due to the black. And I really like what they've done with the Duracell branding this year. It is really good use of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like my it a favorite lot more suit than it was so far. Year. I like it a yeah. lot more than it was last I year. I think they've they've done a very similar thing to Red Bull with keeping it the same but making slight differences uh, with sponsors and things like that. Suit-wise, I very good with the, the paint though. Um, the black just looks so nice, and I think Haas have actually applied paint to it. You know, a bit just being raw carbon fiber like the Alpha. That that is the most half thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned suits. We, how many have we got revealed now? Is it just Haas, Alpha, and uh, we Alpha have Harry? the Mes- we have the Mercedes, the Red Bull. I don't know why Mercedes have already released a suit. It's just all black. Yeah, so as expected. Not hiding anything. Mercedes, Haas, Alpha Tari, which is Haas and Alpha Tari suits are very nice. Uh, Red Bull, Alfa Romeo. That's all we have so far. Wait, and Williams. Yeah. Oh, actually, that brings me on to something else. Albon doesn't have any Red Bull branding on his helmet. Ah, okay. Mm. Maybe it was just... It's either, anyway. They'll tell me it's either he's, he's completely out of Red Bull, or... He's, um, was he on a one-year deal with Williams? Uh, initially, yes, but I assume and hope that he's got out of the Rebel Academy and staying there for a couple of years. Yeah. Now, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out as the season goes on, I guess, Matt, but um, we'll, we'll round out the podcast. Uh, we thank you all for being here with us. It's, yep. been, it's been great to, to start yes. something new and get things, uh, the ball rolling and all sorts. We'll have guests coming in um, throughout the season. But again, make sure you mark your calendar. The 25th of February will be on uh, for the second episode of the Force Feedback Show. Uh, Talking about the Daytona 500, we should be bringing in uh, It's Nothing, a NASCAR YouTuber. uh, And a few other things we'll be discussing, including liveries and uh, other things as well. Uh, So stay tuned for that. We'll be back uh, in a few weeks. Uh, But uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you then. Goodbye.